Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the season finale of the Sing Second Sports Podcast. I am John Schofield, your host. Joining me is Bill Wagner. Bill Wagner of the Capital Gazette and Baltimore Sun Newspapers, a legend. And the recent winner, ladies and gentlemen, of the Billy Hurley III Foundation, the Brave Tournament Straight Drive. On number 15, Wags just cozied a little... Just a little baby cut right down Broadway to win the straight drive uh, award at the Billy Hurley tournament. We'll talk about that a little bit later, Uh, but Wags is quite the golfer. And speaking of quite the golfers and the very best producer in the business, Chris Cervello, class of 99 grad, let's go O's. So gentlemen, here we are at the end. Um, yeah, you don't want to hear me talk. I'd like to hear you guys kind of assess what this season was. Uh, I'll use recency as our uh, as our guidepost here and say that both lacrosse seasons have now ended. The women um, lost in the Patriot League tournament, uh, and thus they and the men missed out on NCAA berths, um, which is disappointing. Not necessarily how the season should have ended, but that season also ended with our ninth straight N-Star or ninth straight Star Series victory uh, over Army, as Wags mentioned in the last pod. So, Wags, let me start with you. Um, You know, with lacrosse being the most recent uh, scenario uh, on the big sports board, you know, how do you evaluate this season from the very first game of the season with women's soccer way, way, way back in August to lacrosse ending right here in May? Yeah, walk me through your assessment of the Navy sports season. I think it was largely a successful season. We had a lot of winning teams. Um, Unfortunately, things did not go well in postseason tournaments for most of the teams. So you had successes during the regular season. That you know, men's basketball comes to mind. A very another successful season for men's basketball. But then, you know, they go out in the first round of the Patriot League tournament, and that was, you know, an issue with. Women's soccer, now men's soccer. That was a, one of the most positive elements of the year. Men's soccer advanced into the NCAA tournament and then performing pretty well against a very good Georgetown team, a heavily favored Georgetown team. So that, that was a huge step forward for, for Coach Tim O'Donoghue, OD, and his staff. I mean, that was a real positive for men's soccer. But, I mean, obviously the story that dominated the Navy athletics landscape this academic year was the upheaval in football. I mean, a beloved, uh, very successful, uh, respected coach was let go, and it was tough for everyone. I don't think anyone involved with Navy athletics, Navy football, ever saw the day when Ken Ken Niamatololo would be fired. That said... Sometimes change is good, and 
the there is no denying that the trajectory of Navy football was not headed in the right direction. Uh, things had, you know, three losing seasons out of four, I think four out of five. Um, the offense had become stagnant to the point that it was not carrying its weight toward winning football. So uh, Jack Gladchuck shook some things up. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, the hiring of Brian Newberry was positive in my mind. And having just covered Navy spring football camp, there's a lot of people excited about what's happening. I'm looking forward, John, to seeing what this new offense looks. I don't think anybody who loves Navy football disagrees that things had to change offensively and the Navy had to get with the times and find other ways to move the ball other than the quarterback keeper and the fullback dive. And, you know, the slot backs have become an almost non-existent part of the offense. Now, Coach Grant Chesnut, the offensive coordinator, is talking about reincorporating the slots, but doing so in, with the short passing game, which I've been advocating for years. So there, there was the spring football camp was a positive. Uh, the players uh, were very, very upbeat about what was going on. And Coach Brian Newberry made it a very, very competitive spring camp. They, they went at it. They did a lot of hitting. They went good on good. It, it was physical. And so um, uh, the people came out very uh, upbeat and positive. So, you know, I'm really eager to see what Navy football looks come the fall. But that was the big story, John, obviously. Women's basketball had the most horrendous season I've ever seen in, of any sport in the history of the Naval Academy. Um, there was a lot of factors there, beginning with an injury to a key player at the very beginning of literally first game of the season. Um, so, you know, a lot of things going on. And then just to wrap up, and I'm sorry to be long-winded, John, but uh, lacrosse, you mentioned the latest lace thing was women's lacrosse. What an interesting development here. For a long time, Navy was the dominant player in the Patriot League. Then Loyola came in and took over. And but then it was kind of Navy Loyola and Navy had beaten Loyola in the Patriot League tournament. Even Loyola, this is still one of the amazed, amazing streaks to me, John. Loyola still has not lost a Patriot League regular season game since it joined the league. That's amazing. They're like up to 76 and 0 or something. But Navy had beaten Loyola a couple of times in the tournament to get the automatic berth into the NCAA tournament. The, the big change now, John, Army has stepped up. And so Army beat Navy and made it to the Patriot League Championship, played Loyola Tough, and Army got into the NCAA tournament. So you got two Patriot League teams in the NCAA tournament, which has happened before with Loyola and Navy. But here's the interesting thing I was going to mention, John. I don't know if people are aware, Navy was like literally the last team out of the NCAA tournament for women's lacrosse. I think it came down to them and Drexel. You know, Strauss was Scott Strassmeyer, the SID for Navy, was sending out a lot of these projections, and he kind of called it right. I think he said that it would be between Drexel and Navy, and Drexel got the bid. But that would have been historic if Patriot League got three women's lacrosse teams into the tournament. So I think that's a positive in the grand scheme of things that the, the league is deeper to the point where it's possible to get three bids. So you know, women's across very bright future. Ava Yavino is an absolute superstar in the making, um, already an All-American, as you mentioned. Um, and then last but not least, John, the the probably maybe the number two story. I don't know if it's number two, but men's rugby winning a national championship. 
And I've had a lot of people bring this up to me. In fact, I was at a Anne Arundel County track and field championship meet yesterday. And I had one of the officials who worked the meet ask me if I went to Houston for the game. And I said, no. And he said, well, your, your story read like you were there. Um, but there's a lot of people talking about rugby. Um, so anyway, to, to me, that's, that's the storyline. The, the, the big capper of the Navy athletics year in review is, is men's rugby and its first varsity season national champions. Yeah, I can tell you from sitting in on like superintendents briefs and alumni association stuff that every single leader directly and tangentially associated with the Naval Academy briefs out the rugby situation. You know, this is now, as I tweeted out after we won the Natty, a rugby school, and it's an absolute awesome story. Chris, I'll tell you what, we've made it through another year. Um, Your handicap has gone down. Uh, you're now the absolute dominant player in this threesome. Um, who knows about Ward? You know, if we bring Ward in, he, he's probably going to give you a run for your money um, as the foursome. But, you know, from your perspective, uh, another year getting to tell stories about the physical mission, another year of continuing to be impressed and having a smile on your face when you get off of a Zoom call with one of these athletes who espouses all of these things that we hold so dear and they're such great examples of what makes the Naval Academy special. You know, what were uh, the storylines that you looked out for? Well, I think WAGS covered it with the, um, with the rugby national championship. That, that was fantastic. I mean, we're going to have two guests on today that always bring a smile to my face and Matt Munley and in Gavin Hickey. Um, And I think that, you know, our experience with, the professionals um, at the Naval Academy Athletic Association was again very positive, and you know I'm talking about the people that run the stadium, the people that run the tickets, the people that make this the best experience in sports. And you know, in addition to the athletes, we're very lucky to have such great student athletes in midshipmen. But then you pair that with a uh, an athletic association that goes out of their way to make everything from the golf course to the football stadium to alumni hall to you name it, um, you know, better and better each year. I I think that to me is the story. Um, You you know, I I think if you're looking for one stat, it it is that N-star win. I mean, that's what we do this for is that, you know, we compete against our rival. Um, Wags mentioned the ups and downs of football and basketball and lacrosse. You'd love to see that improve in the 2023-2024 season. Um, But, you know, as I view this as both a podcast producer and probably more importantly, as a graduate, I remain very proud of my institution. Uh, I remain very proud of the people that that go there and that work there. So to me, that's a big takeaway from the season. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And if I can offer my quick take, uh, one story that we covered just about a month ago, um, I think really encapsulates what's special about Naval Academy student athletes. Um, and that is the fact that when graduation happens here on May 26th, just two weeks from today, Uh, The number one and number two overall order of merit ranked midshipmen or soon to be ensigns and ensign and second lieutenant will be two water polo players, Peter Hillen and Grant Linder. Um, You know, so so Graham and Peter, for me, represent what is really special about this institution. You know, as we read releases every day about midshipmen getting Rhodes scholarships or Olmstead scholarships or going to Stanford you know, that you you have such a great balance of athletics 
and achievement, you know, and, and these aren't just guys who are smart and had 4.0s to be number one and number two overall order of merit means that your peer reviews are stellar. You have had leadership positions. You are an impact in the hall. And that's what we do this for. We talk about how the physical mission creates people of character and consequence. Congratulations to second lieutenant to be Peter Hillen and ensign to be Graham Linder. Um, you make water polo proud and you make uh, the entire Naval Academy proud. So with that intro, well, actually, no. Wags, would you like to offer anything else before we go to break? I was just going to mention, you you brought up the rugby, I mean, the water polo players and their academic achievement. But we, we interface with the sports information department asking about athletes and high achievement. And it turns out it is not uncommon, John, for athletes to be at the top of the heap as far as the order of merit. And that's really, really amazing. When you think about juggling athletic, academic, and military responsibilities, and for athletes to consistently end up high in that military or, or the merit or border is pretty impressive, John. I couldn't agree more. And uh, graduating just in the top 100 is an amazing feat. So we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to talk tickets with Matt Munley. Stick with us. This is Sing Second Sports. All right, Sing Second fans, a few announcements from our friends at the Naval Academy Athletic Association. The NCAA quarterfinals are coming to Annapolis. Join us at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium as Navy hosts the NCAA tournament. Tickets are just $25 and grant admission to both games that will be hosted on Sunday, May 21st. For tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. Kids, looking for a great way to celebrate your birthday? Have your party at a Navy sporting event with Bill's Birthday Party Package. Your special day can include a pregame party featuring treats from Chick-fil-A, Fisher's Popcorn, and Nothing Bunt Cakes, as well as game tickets, a video board recognition, and more. For more information, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY. Now back to the pod. All right, we're back. Um, ladies and gentlemen, as this is the season finale of Sing Second Sports, the next time we talk to you will be in August. But if you're waiting until August to get your football tickets, um, you might be making a mistake. Do you want to go to, you know, do you want to go to Dublin? Do you want to go up to Boston to see the Army-Navy game? How available are tickets and when are you going to get those paper tickets that you hold so dear in the mail to answer all of those questions and to update us on the ticket situation is Matt Munley, friend of the pod, friend of us. Uh, Matt, welcome back. And yeah, catch us up. What's going on in the ticket world? Is it going to be hard to get uh, get tickets to some of these games next year? Uh, certainly it'll be hard to get paper tickets, John, because there's no such thing as those. So you might be waiting a while. Notre Dame game in Ireland, that one sold out. Army-Navy, that sold out. Uh, Air Force and all of our single game home games go on sale today, actually. So an Air Force ticket, you should you should get, if you want a reserve seat, you better hop on that in the next week or two. From your evaluation, you're not just the ticket guy. And I love, you know, your humility, you know, hey, I'm just the ticket guy, but you're probably one of the second to third longest tenured administrators um, in Ricketts Hall in the Chet Gladchuk era. 
Um, you know, from from your status as not only an administrator, but now the parent of a Navy student athlete on the baseball team, you know, h- how has this athletic department matured over the last 23 years? You know, I, it, I, I would I would not question anyone if they said that Navy is a big time athletic program. How have you watched that mature? What's your evaluation? Um, you know, we never actually look back. And, and Chet's a big proponent of that. It's it's always looking forward. So you're only as good as what you did at the end of the day today. So, you know, when you're talking about the academy, the place that it is, you know, our alums kind of push push you to the limits. So when you talk about these kids that we have, these student athletes, um, our alums are obviously they were uh, at some point here and uh, they'll keep you on your toes. So we never really look back, and Chet is very much the driver of that. You never really look back and pat yourself on the on the back. You know, you just keep banging, baby. Let, let me jump in because I'll, I'll I'll look back and 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 I want to do some patting on the back. I mean, when I went to school in the late '90s, I mean, I, I think we were sort of a a celebrated and glorified Division three level organization. I mean, I don't mean that's not meant as a. a a dig, but then I look at where we are now. I mean, we, we are a big time athletic program. I I think as a grad, I I feel that way. I feel that way from everything from the, the way the ticket service is done to the game day experience, to the athletes, to TV, to, you know, the way our stories are told. I mean, we, we have come a long way in the 20 plus years that that I've been associated with the Naval Academy. And I I think the folks there do deserve a a pat on the back. A a large part of it is due to people like Matt who have been around that, that long and have been part of that growth. It's due to Chet's leadership. It's due to the alumni. It's due to the fans. It's due to the athletes. So I think we should feel really good about that, Matt. Well, Matt, I wanted to get back to the tickets because you and I, you know, had a discussion um, about, I'd gotten an email from someone who was a Admiral's Row member and, yeah. was fifth when their uh, request for Army-Navy tickets, which was made over two months after they first received notice that the tickets were available and on sale. That they, So can you explain how this works? I mean, I don't. I think there's a misunderstanding among some fans, and we love them for their loyalty. I mean, if you're an Admiral's Row-level uh, donor, you, you are really helping the mission, but... This does not guarantee you tickets at any time you snap your fingers. The way it works is you're in the business of selling tickets and you put out notices to all season ticket holders. Tickets will be going on sale and here's how you get them. And then it's first come, first serve. And it's not like there's, you know, X thousand tickets set aside for the Admiral's Row guys for whenever they decide that they're ready to buy. Can you just kind of explain this process so that people better understand how it works? So the process has always been the same, which is we allow people to start purchasing tickets. And then based on priority, you'll get a seat allocation for the the number of quantity of tickets. But what we haven't had to enact is the fact that while supplies last, right? So there was a little bit, I would say, of a malaise since covid with our football program. And now that is no longer the case. And there is, seems to be a renewed energy and people um, started buying and they started buying quickly. And now where someone was used to 
for years of just simply, hey, I'll get around to to purchasing that ticket because I know I've been notified the 15th. I know I've been notified the 28th. I know I've been notified the first again. But they hadn't acted and other people did because there's a renewed energy around the, the football program, right? We sold out Army, uh, Navy, Notre Dame. We sold out Army, Navy. Season ticket old, uh, sales are high. And, and some of that also has to do with the fact that now your Army, Navy game, you know, uh, Chet really wanted to bring that game and, and push it around Um to make it truly America's game. And, and it seems to have worked. Because uh, when you went into the New England game, you were thinking, I don't know if we're going to sell a lot or we're not. Um, it's going to be cold. It's not going to be cold. And uh, no, a lot of people are back in. So a long-winded way of saying, when you get a notification, you should act upon it. And uh, now we're seeing that. Like today is our single game sales for Air Force. and. And we'll only have about two, 2,900 reserve seats left. Now, we'll have standing room later on in the summer, but we only have about 2,900 standing room left. So we anticipate those to go rather quickly also. Bottom line is more than likely by Monday, Air Force is going to be sold out. Uh, maybe, but, but the bottom line, I would say, is when you get a notification to act upon it. So, so let me ask you this. Let's say Air yeah. Force sells out. Yes. Okay. And the only way I'm going to get into the Air Force game is standing room only. Well, yes. Will I be able to purchase a standing room only ticket for Air Force? And do you, you at liberty to say how many standing room tickets you're, are, you're oh, willing yeah. we would sell about We would sell about 2,500 of the standing room, but we're also somewhat wise where we would say we've held back some tickets. So if we sell out of our reserves in the next couple of days, we would still have a mini plan that you can purchase, which includes other games and we still have a season ticket package that we we're going to hold back on right because you have to preserve some of those some people are still going to want to purchase those so those are all avenues to do it you know from your perspective as a parent of athletes you know how how integral is athletics to you know a young person's success well the stuff that we watch on a daily basis at the naval academy you've watched from several perspectives mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and don't let it fool you. Obviously, yeah, we're happy that we have kids, but don't let it fool you why we stayed around the Naval Academy for that long. Because when you raise kids around here, you find that they emulate what uh, the best of our midshipmen put forward. And that's one of the reasons why Christy and I wanted to stay around so long. And and you see it in our kids. Our our kids are 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 it's very interesting, even though they've all gone to school, separate schools except for Brendan, but they all root for Navy. So I mean, bringing them up around this environment is priceless. So it's great being at the academy. That's why we're here for so long. Well, Matt, uh, congrats to you and Christy on uh raising such great kids. Can't wait to celebrate Hannah here uh next weekend um and celebrate her success. But you know, for what you do for the Naval Academy, for what you do for the supporters of the Naval Academy. Thank you. And thank you for coming on the Sing Second Sports Podcast. All right. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Matt Munley, uh, just the tickets guy. Um, I'll tell you what you're going to need tickets for in the future if they keep winning national titles is tickets for rugby up at Prusmac, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to go to break. But when we come back, 
Really, really happy to have Gavin Hickey of the national champion U.S. Naval Academy rugby team joining us. Stick with us. This is Sing Second Sports. All right, Sing Second fans, one more set of announcements from NAAA. You just heard from Matt Munley, and that's right. Navy football tickets are on sale now, and the schedule is out. And as Matt talked about, the six-game home slate is highlighted by the Service Academy rival game with Air Force on Saturday, October 21st. And as Matt mentioned, single-game tickets are also now available. So if the season package is too much for you, get on there and grab those single-game tickets now. But why wouldn't you want to be a season ticket holder? So get on over to NavySports.com and get those tickets today. Now back to the pod. All right, peeps, we are back. So I don't know. All we did is win a national title here recently. So let's just break it down and talk to Gavin Hickey about it. Coach, congrats. Amazing, amazing pictures. The Naval Academy rugby alums descended on Houston in mass. I don't know if the bar scene down there is going to ever recover, uh, to be honest. But thank you for joining us. And please, Let's just break it down. What was it like to win the national title and, and how did you end up getting it done? Um, thank you very much, John. Pleasure to be here as always. It's been an outstanding season, as we know. And um, we'll talk about the final in a second, but but testament um, to all these these guys who went 18 and 0 uh, throughout the whole season and capped it off with a, a second victory this season uh, against Cal in the final albeit putting ourselves in a pretty significant hole by being 15 points down early on. It's, it, it makes it all that much sweeter, I suppose, from our perspective that we we're able to um, get ourselves out of that situation and, and then come back. So it was absolutely epic then in Houston and, and massive shout out to all our alums and families and friends who were there. It was, it was incredible. Uh, we also had the pleasure of visiting Taste of Texas Restaurant um, which was just an incredible uh, occasion on the eve of the game as well. So all in all, a magical weekend. We're, we're kind of still coming down a little bit. Um, we're going to take our time on this one. I was going to ask you a little bit about how the uh, Rugby Association sets up this national championship. It's kind of interesting that they do it at a you know a neutral site, um, and they make a big deal about it. I mean, they made that quite the big weekend, didn't they, Gavin? I mean, that's kind of cool the way that they're – you know, hyping up this national championship. It, it was it was an event. It, it was an event, Wags. It really was with a lot of um, sevens tournaments going on around there. And this is really the first time the CRAA have, have gone down this route with um, sevens events and, and a major, few major 15s events too. So uh, really cool occasion. Rugby has got a, a long way to go in terms of um, fully organizing our national championships and, and declaring what's what. But we're getting there. And I think this year, uh, was a major step forward with CRAA and, and D1A. Um, it was a really cool occasion. And it was made a really cool occasion by the amount of Navy supporters we had there, um, to be honest with you, you know, from our perspective. Uh, the, the amount of supporters there was unbelievable. The amount of representatives we had from NAAA, including our athletic director, Chet Gladchuk, including our commandant, uh, Commandant McDonough. Uh, it was just an amazing event. And the hope is that, that continues to grow. You know, we've got World Cups coming here in, in eight years and 10 years, men's and women's. And, and I believe that if we continue to grow in the right direction, they should be, you know, unbelievable events. Um, but we've got a, a lot of work to do between now and then. As far as the game itself, it was kind of an epic struggle. And as you mentioned, you got down. I mean, it, it was, you know, that, that's kind of worrisome when you're down, 
15-0, and it's like that's Cal. Um, they're not stopping. Um, but, I mean, it really was a, an incredible battle. And, I mean, if you really dialed down on it, 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 people don't realize Navy had to make some incredible defensive stands toward the end to keep Cal out of the try zone and prevent the Cal from winning. And just in your opinion, I mean, I know there are so many ebbs and flows, but it, as you look back upon it, where, what turned things in Navy's favor? If you could kind of pinpoint where, where things kind of started going positive momentum-wise. Yeah, that's a really good question. We, we did find ourselves 15 points down after 20 minutes, and that was a tough position to be in. Um, finally, on the 30-minute mark, I think we started off pretty nervous. You know, we did let the occasion get to us a little bit. We were quite inaccurate with what we were trying to do. But the last 10 minutes of the first half, uh, we couldn't get our line out firing at all before then. Uh, we finally did on the 30th minute, and we drove in for, for a really good mall. We wanted malls all day against Cal. We wanted a very confrontational, physical battle, and we just couldn't string that together. So that was the turning point. And then Sean's try a couple minutes ago in, in the first half to go in 15-14 down at halftime and be back in it, having not really fired a shot for the first 30 minutes. That was pretty critical. And then second half, we just at halftime, we had a chat about how badly do you want things, um, trust the process, you know, not just cliches, but going over what our process is, um, going over that we do this every single day, the Pushback Rugby Center for, for eight months of the year, that we understand what we're trying to do. Um, you know, we'll always back ourselves with, with physical fitness. So be albeit in the heat of Houston, we know we knew somebody was going to fade and it wasn't going to be us. Um, but having said that, um, you know, the, the, the guys showed unbelievable trust um, to be able to keep going. And even though Cal scored a try again in the second half and went ahead again, we got another two, one off our mall and one from landing up on that blind side. So there were a couple of key moments, but, but really I think the, the major moment was, was getting a few points on the board before the end of the first half and then just regrouping at halftime and stating our intention and our desire um, in, in doing something that we do every single day. Uh, over the BSC. So it was just revisiting that really. And then obviously the men had to come and perform and they did. And that was, that's the most pleasing part of all this was to be able to dig yourself out of a hole against a Titan like Cal and, um, and to claim your first national championship in 60 year history, our first year of, of varsity. It, it's pretty satisfying and, and all the players deserve massive amount of accolades uh, for the work they put in and for the hole that we dug ourselves out of. Well, so there are many heroes of uh, William Webb, Sean McLaney, Ryan Bullock, and Landon Opp had tries. Um, Tanner Russell was deemed the player of the match. Uh, Jack McMahon was just chosen as one of the NAAA athletes of the week. But uh, I kind of look at a very small and simple hero, Ronan Krieger. Four conversion kicks. <laughs> in, a, in a match that ended 28-22, every single one of those kicks was huge. And I've seen rugby enough to know those are not automatic. But you got a guy that kind of is, right? Well, they're certainly not automatic when he took them from the sideline uh, into and with the breeze. So Ronan's not getting much attention for, for that. But you, as you rightly point out, uh, Wags, they were, they were massively important kicks. And Ronan just kept banging them over you know, without any issues. And, and that was a massive part of the game to be able to, again, go in 15-14 down as opposed to, say, 15-10 down. Um, that was very, very significant. But the thing about Ronan Krieger, he is obviously a, um, a fourth-class midshipman. You know, he came here this year, and he hasn't lost a game yet in a Navy rugby jersey. And that's um, it's kind of the direction we're going in. We can't control you know, when and when we don't lose it at all times. We don't ever want to lose, but you know, I'm sure a loss will come at some stage. But there's a plebe who, 
who's come in here and hasn't lost uh, a game of rugby. And, and that kind of sets a new benchmark for us all. And we're excited about our future and we're very excited about Ronan. But all the guys you just mentioned there, you know, they all scored tries. They're brilliant. Our two locks, numbers four and five, had 60 uh, tackles between between them, you know. So it's a massive defensive effort to stay in that game, stay in that game, stay in that game. And uh, the, the, the men were just outstanding. More of a, a defensive battle for us for the most part than a, than a flary, exciting, attacking game. But having said that, we still scored 28 points and put in a massive defensive shift. So all around, just, just over the moon. So on the heels of the national championship, Lewis Gray uh, was deservedly awarded the Rudy Scholes Award, which is the Heisman Trophy of men's rugby. He's the second Navy rugby player to earn the award. Connor McNerney, uh, did I pronounce that correct? Con Connor McNerney, back in 2018. Yeah. Yep. yep. And that, but that's only two in all of Navy rugby history, correct? Yeah, now, in fairness, this trophy started, I think, probably by 2015. So the trophy itself is not, not massively long. We're the only other school uh, other than St. Mary's of, of Moraga, California, to ever have two um, two winners. So two year, two winners within six years is, is a pretty big deal. And it's a testament. It shows you, again, the, the, the caliber of people and of athletes that we have in the Naval Academy. There's two in six years. And if I get very selfish and greedy, I want another five, six, seven over the next few years. You know, I think we have the potential here to get that, but whether or not that comes to fruition is out of our control. But, you know, we're, we're very excited about who's coming in. And, and we're also, I mean, not just who's coming in, we're extremely excited with the way in which many of our guys stepped up this year. That, To be honest with you, you know, we backed them, but they went above and beyond. I mean, Landon Up, William Webb, Tanner Russell, you can keep going, Vaughn Schmitz, you can keep going throughout the whole squad, um, J.D. Bankston. You know, so we're, we're really, really, really excited about what's to come for Navy rugby. Well, Coach, um, it was certainly a nice way to cap the athletic season, and it's a great way for us to cap you know, our season of the Sing Second Sports Podcast by celebrating the national title. Uh, until we meet again, which unless uh, something horrible goes, uh, goes on here, uh, we'll be sharing a Smithix uh, to watch you play Notre Dame. Uh, in Dublin before the uh, Navy Notre Dame football season. Coach, thank you so much for what you do for the Naval Academy for these student athletes. Um, and thank you for coming on the Sing Second Sports Podcast. Until uh, until Dublin, Slancha. Slon, Gormil Margot. Ladies and gentlemen, national champion, Gavin Hickey, coach of the uh, Navy rugby team. We're going to go to break. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, Wags and I and Chris will take this out. Season finale time. Sing Second Sports. One final set of announcements from your friends here at Sing Second Sports. We want to thank everyone for all of their support. As John will mention in the out, we couldn't do this without you. We want to thank all of our sponsors. Your support in particular has been critical to our ability to tell the Navy story. If you're interested in sponsoring the Sing Second Sports podcast, drop us a line. We'd love to talk to you about the litany of packages available for the 2023-2024 athletic and podcast season. Now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thank you so much to Matt Munley. Hilarious interview. Um, you know, it's, it's always Matt's upbeat way uh, of talking about tickets that gets people revved up for the weekend. And thank you to Gavin Hickey. Uh, so great having access to a national champion coach. Um, and that you know, brings me to uh, my accolades before we take this out, Wags. We couldn't have done any of this without Chuck Gladchuck, Eric Rudin, 
the sports information staff at the U.S. Naval Academy. So wonderful working with them for a third year now. They, they worked with us through COVID as we've come out of COVID, as we've evolved this podcast. Uh, the access to the athletes and coaches is just second to none. And like we talked about at the beginning, it never ceases to put a smile on my face to tell these stories about what makes the Naval Academy and the physical mission special. So thank you to them. Uh, for making those athletes, coaches, and staff members available to us. WAGS, as we take this baby out, um, the thing I'm looking forward to, and the sports season is not necessarily done, ladies and gentlemen, in the words of Winston Wolf, let's not start congratulating each other just yet. Um, I would also be remiss, ladies and gentlemen, if we didn't talk just a minute about if you've watched any of the Royal Tannenbaums, which is one of the most hilarious movies of all time, there is a tennis player in that movie called The Bomber. Well, um, our Tannenbaum, our royal Tannenbaum is Emily Tannenbaum. She was named the Patriot League Women's Tennis Player of the Year, uh, capping off a record-breaking season. Um, she was named the 2022-2023 Player of the, of the Year. That was just announced this week on Wednesday. She is just a sophomore. Um, absolute dominant season. Let's get a star. Let's beat Army. Let's just, you know, crush all year long. So congratulations to Emily Tannenbaum for that amazing honor. You don't have too many Navy athletes named as the entire Patriot League athlete or player of the year. Hats off to her. She is the best, and she's going to be crushing junior and senior year, hopefully, um, on that side. Wags, as we go out, I'll also say that you mentioned at the beginning, Ava Yovino was selected to the IWLCA All-Mid-Atlantic Region team, and Jackson Bonnets and Max Hewitt were also named USA Lacrosse Magazine All-Americans. Uh, Wags, I'm going to throw it over to you for the final word, but for me, I want to thank all of the fans. I want to thank everyone who continues to support local journalism. Please subscribe to the Annapolis Capitol. Please support your local paper. It is important. Um, as we go out, um, and I don't want to make wags like tear up here, but we're going to be on a uh, summer sabbatical starting after this week. But I would be remiss if I didn't note that while we're on summer sabbatical on June 28th this summer, it will be the five-year anniversary of the horrific shooting at the Annapolis Capitol uh, uh, newsroom there at 888 Bestgate. Um, as that day comes and as that day goes, I would ask you to please remember those who fell that day, uh, such a horrific day, not just for journalism, but for our friends. Um, Wags, over to you. Thank you so much for an amazing season with you. My friendship with you, which was already significant, just continues to grow. I couldn't be happier about it. And with that, I'll give you the last word. Well, it's hard to believe it's been five years since the shooting, and I hate to dwell on it, but we will gather at the memorial in Annapolis again to recognize that anniversary and what happened. But, um, you know, I'm still going strong covering Navy athletics. I'm as energized as I've ever been about covering Navy athletics, and I love that you gave credit to all the people we work with, and first and foremost, sports information, because we have to work hand-in-hand -hand on all these interviews we do with Navy athletes and coaches, and we're very happy for their support. And uh, I, I can't wait for the fourth year of Sing Second Sports. I think it'll be better than ever. Um, we got some exciting things in store. 
Um, this this pod is uh, just improving every single year, and uh, we're going to kick off with uh, in Dublin, Ireland. I mean, we'll we'll probably have a pod before we're in Dublin, but I mean, the real kickoff is when the Sing Second Sports Team will be in Dublin, Ireland, bringing you pods from the Navy Notre Dame game. So, really, really excited about the 2023-2024 Navy Athletics year. You and me both. And lastly, he's not one to talk too much, um, but he's, he's the absolute straw that stirs the drink. Chris Cervello, another year of uh, producing this podcast, of editing out all of our mistakes, of supporting uh, his alma mater and the physical mission at the Naval Academy. Um, you just, you know, you've got to stop every once in a while and, and look at who you've surrounded yourself with and how special your friends are. Uh, and Chris Cervello and Bill Wagner are definitely those. For all of you, for all of you friends who have supported the podcast, thank you. If you'd like to support this podcast even more and be a sponsor, reach out. We are looking for sponsors for the 2023-2024 season. And with that unabashed ask for money, we're going to take this out. For Bill Wagner and Chris Cervello, I am John Schofield. We will see you in Dublin, Ireland, ladies and gentlemen. We are out. Thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.